Hey, thanks for tuning in uh, to this uh, to this episode of our podcast. Uh, we're in 1 Samuel 21 to 22, and we're looking at David and uh, and Saul and the topic of leadership. Um, and it's weird, leadership, the topic of leadership is so popular today. I feel like more than ever, um, there are more there are more resources on the topic of leadership than I've ever seen in my life, in my lifetime. Uh, we have podcasts and YouTube videos and books and seminars and conferences, and we're always trying to find that's the, like the secret sauce uh, of leadership so that we can be quote unquote successful. And I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to lead well. I don't think there's anything wrong with being, wanting to be successful so long as we're defining success correctly. And so in chapter 21, we see David is now on the run from Saul uh, because Saul wants to kill him because it's been told to Saul earlier in a few chapters behind when Samuel said, the kingdom of God has now been torn from you and will be given to someone who's better than you. Um, Samuel was told and given this description by God about David when, when Samuel was going to anoint him and didn't know it was him at first. But when David comes up and he says, this, now this is a person, this is a man after my own heart. That's, that's, I think that's the key to leadership. That's the ultimate king, a key, especially as followers of Christ, are we people who are after the heart of God. But because David um, is not, well, Saul doesn't know he's been anointed, but David's been anointed. David's in, David was, uh, was in the army of, of Saul. He was a commander. He was commanding the, the bodyguard of Saul. Everything that he did, he was succeeded at. Then he's, he has this reputation that's spreading among the people of Israel and outside of Israel, that Saul has slain his thousands and David has tens of thousands and Saul becomes incredibly bitter and jealous and just wants to get rid of him. Thinking that if he gets rid of David, he can keep his position as king. It has nothing else to do other than he wants to be king and he wants it to be his thing. So David flees. Uh, he, he goes to the priest Ahimelech, asks him if there's any food. Um, and he tells Ahimelech that he's actually on a special mission from Saul. Um, and Ahimelech actually believes him. There's no reason that he shouldn't have, but he believes him. And then, um, and so Ahimelech gives him food. Uh, I think it's five loaves of bread and a, and, a, and a sword that belonged to Goliath. And he sends him on his way, completely oblivious of what was actually happening. So you get to chapter 22 and you get down to chapter uh, verse seven. And it says, Saul said to his servants, listen, men of Benjamin, is Jesse's son going to give all of you fields and vineyards? Do you think he'll make all of you commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds? That's why all of you have conspired against me. Nobody tells me when my own son makes a covenant with Jesse's son. None of you cares about me or tells me that my son has stirred up my own servant to wait in ambush for me, as is the case today. So there's Saul's spiel. And he is the leader of, a, of the nation, of the people of Israel. And notice what it is that he does. So before I get into that, here's the, here's the question I wrote down. I wrote, how do you know when you're actually a leader? And I think this is the key. I think this is when you know whether or not you're really a leader. A leader knows when he or she is actually a leader, when there are people who are actually following them. I think that's important that if a person says, I'm, I'm in charge, I'm a leader, uh, but no one's following them, then are they really a leader? I think another thing is what's the motivation behind why they're following the quote unquote leader? So when you get down to here to Saul, Guys, I don't believe I don't I don't believe that he has this will. Um, I don't think he has the the willing hearts of people to follow him. Maybe there, of course, there's going to be some. They're going to believe his story. But at least in this in this conversation, this exchange with the people 
um, of Benjamin, the tribe of Benjamin, he has he actually has to bribe them. It's like, uh, is Jesse's son going to give all of you fields and vineyards? Do you think he'll make all of you commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds? So he uses his, he uses his power, his position, his prestige, and his resources in order to get people to do what it is that he wants them to do. But also, then the, look at the next part. That's why all of you have conspired against me. He uses guilt. He's trying to get he's trying to get people to do what he wants them to do by using, like I said, power, position, prestige, and resources, as well as guilt. He's trying to pressure them. Instead of, you look at the difference with David. And it's the beginning of chapter 22. So David left Gath and took refuge in the cave of Adullam. When David's brothers and his father's whole family heard, they went down and joined him there. In addition, now watch this, every man who was desperate in debt or discontented rallied around him. That's the key. I, th- I think one of the keys to leadership is when we, if, if we're being an effective leader who is, uh, who is actually impacting people in a positive way, is that they'll rally around. That you don't have to convince, or you don't have to, not convince, you don't have to, you don't have to guilt them. You don't have to pressure them. You just say, this is what, this is where I believe that I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to do. And uh, man, I want people to come with me. And so there's this inspiration that we can inspire people with. Now we can, we can speak into their lives. They want to follow, but it doesn't even say that David did that. Somehow word got out that David was on the run and look at the people who came around him, the desperate, those who were in debt, the discontented, but they rallied around him. And it's about 400 men. When David was in Saul's army, he was the leader. He was a leader of all the soldiers. And they loved to serve with him. And they loved to serve him. And they loved to fight with him. Why? One was because he was always successful. But two is I just pictured him being an incredible leader. And I think there's a couple reasons. I think that you'll see a couple reasons as we, as we start to close it up. But with David compared to Saul, Saul's trying to pressure people into it. And David, he's just being David because he's just a natural leader. So I feel like leaders are not leaders when a leader has to use power, position, prestige, or pressure or resources to convince people to go with them. But I I believe that leaders are leaders when they know when to follow. Now that's a key. And he said, I go, well, where's that in the chapter? Guys, it's before all this happened. You see David and his commitment to serve Saul. And you'll see it even throughout the rest of 1 Samuel. But when he's when he's in Saul's army, he is humble before Saul. Saul's God's person. Saul is the, God's anointed. Saul is the leader. And David is following his leadership. And I'm convinced that real leaders know when to follow and know when to lead. If a person always has to lead... Is it really leadership or is it pride? It's possible, and I'd love to hear your opinion on it, but I feel like it's, it's possible that if a person's like, I'm always in charge, it's my way. Uh, anytime there's a, there's a leadership position that needs to be filled, they just automatically jump into it, where I feel like leaders are actually gonna bring people up around them and to move them into the leadership positions and then pull back. And here's where I think, here's why, here's why, here's a reason why I believe this. Uh, Nelson Mandela, I found a quote of his, um, who was part of the anti-apartheid revolution and a political leader um, and the first president, uh, blacks, the, the, the first black president of South Africa. Um, he was the country's first black head of state. Um, and he had this incredible impact on, on the country of South Africa. And one of the things that he did was to, 
to dismantle the legacy of, of apartheid by tackling institutionalized racism and then not just doing that, but then fostering racial reconciliation so where people would actually get along. And so he says this, and I think, man, this is pretty, pretty poignant. He says, it is better to lead from behind and to put others in front, especially when you celebrate victory, when a nice thing occurs. You take the front line when there's danger, then people would appreciate your leadership. So in other words, he's saying, when there's danger, I'll take the front. But when it's time to celebrate and there's victories and to give responsibilities to others, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead from behind. I'm going to allow others to move ahead and to take those positions of leadership and then to celebrate them, to elevate them in front of other people because a leader is not about, it, is, is not about anything with regards to um, self-promotion, that he or she is not, not trying to promote themselves in front of people, but simply get the job done, get things accomplished and to move people forward which also means working himself or herself out of a position so that others can take it, especially when he sees that others might be a better leader than he or she is. So I feel like leaders are leaders when they know when to follow. The second is when people, leaders are leaders, are leaders when, when people willingly follow where the leader's going, which you see here in chapter 22, verses one and two we just saw. Um, but you also see it that leaders are leaders when the leader cares for and serves those that they lead. So you go all the way to chapter 22, verse 18, and it says, so the king said to Doeg, uh, go execute the priests. So Saul finds out that Ahimelech helped David and he, he slaughters all the priests because of it. Now, none of the people that were, were standing there with Saul would, would go and, and slaughter Ahimelech or the priests because they believed that, no, that's God's person. The only person that would do it was Doeg, and he was he was kind of like you know, he's. I just picture him very slitherly, just a just a very slitherly like a snake, just kind of self-promoting and looking for any deal. And so he actually goes and kills Ahimelech, and then he killed eighty-five men who wore the linen ephod. So they worked with regards to the priesthood. Then he also struck down Nob, the city of the priests, with the sword. And then watch, both men and women, infants and nursing babies, oxen, donkeys, and sheep. He just went nuts. However, there was one son of Ahimelech. Um, there, was, there was one of the sons of Ahimelech, verse 20, son of Ahutub, uh, who escaped. And his name was Ab Ab Abiathar. And then he ran to David. Isn't that amazing? He goes to David because he knows David. There's something about David. And David hears everything that happened. In verse 22, he says, I knew that Doeg the Edomite was there that day and that he was sure to report to Saul. So th what he's referring to is when David is with uh, Ahimelech, and Ahimelech is helping him. Doeg was there. He was there and he saw all, he saw the exchange. And, uh, and Doeg is the one who went to Saul saying, hey, Ahimelech helped David. So he says, I myself am responsible for the lives of everyone in your father's, in your father's family. Now watch what he says. Stay with me. Don't be afraid. For the one who wants to take my life wants to take your life. And watch, you will be safe with me. Friends, that's a leader who cares for and serves those that they lead. That's David. But friends, the ultimate, the ultimate leader is Jesus. That Jesus is the one who said, I lay down my own life and I'll take it up again. No one takes my life from me. Why did he do it? Because he cared for us. He being sovereign, commander of the universe, sovereign God, emptied himself, became a servant. It doesn't even say he became a leader because he already was a leader, but he became a servant. And I think, I'm, at least I'm speaking personally for me, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm naturally a leader, then I'll grow in that. But I'm not naturally a servant. 
And that's where I need to develop. I need to empty myself and become a servant of everyone. And as I do that, and then learn from those leaders that I respect and use resources as needed, but not at the expense of, learn, of, of abiding in Jesus, not at the expense of, of time spent with Jesus in his word and, and, and finding, or, or I'm sorry, um, receiving these revelations that God gives from his word on all the topics that he talks about in the scriptures. But when it comes to leadership, trusting God, trusting God to teach us and then humble myself to learn from other people and to learn from especially mentorship type of relationships or go to leaders who are doing it well and being teachable, which I believe that David was completely humble and teachable. But to also have that, that heart for people. David cared for um, Abiathar, who was the only one left out of, out of all of Ahimelech's sons. He was the only one left out of the whole family. And David says, you stay with me. I'll take care of you. Friends, I think when it comes to leadership, if you have a place of leadership, we need to take the, the, the words of Jesus that we're supposed to be servant of, like we're supposed to be last, not first. We're supposed to be last and servant of all. That's how we lead. We lead from behind. It's better to lead from behind and to put others in front. That's what Nelson Mandela says, or what he said, especially when you celebrate the victory when a nice thing occurs. Give people the credit, but lead from behind. And when danger comes, we should be the first ones willing to lay down our lives, to sacrifice, to, to serve, to care, for those that have, to care for those who have been entrusted to us. Friends, that's what stood out to me. Hope this is helpful, um, especially for those who have a leadership position. Love you guys more than you know. We'll talk soon.